0: Hello, and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today, I'm going to be doing the mid-year freakout tag. So, I know what you're thinking. It's August, Emma, and people do the mid-year freakout tag in June. But this is part, this is the second part of my catching up after my 21-week hiatus episodes. I don't know, basically... Last week, I did an episode where I briefly went over all 21 books that I read during my 21-week hiatus. I just got lucky that the numbers matched. I didn't do that on purpose, and so this week, I'm going to be doing the Mid-Year Freakout Tag because I think it's a good way to kind of talk about some of those books more in depth that I had read during my hiatus that did not get special episodes, as well as some that did just kind of based on when in the year I read them. So without further ado, let's get started. I guess I will say that I did this tag last year, so feel free to go check out the 2021 Media Freakout tag to hear what I was enjoying and not enjoying last year. And now let's get into the 2022 version. Oh, and I will say that there will be no spoilers in this episode, so if you're someone who does not like spoilers, then finally, there's an episode for you. So anyways, let's get into it. Question number one best book you've read so far this year. And for that, I have to go with A River Enchanted by Rebecca Ross. So this was the last episode I released before I went on my hiatus. It did not get any publicity on my Instagram, which is so sad, so unfortunate. But I do have an episode, so feel free to listen to that to hear full thoughts about it. But I'll tell you a little bit about why I loved it so much. So this is an adult fantasy book that is set kind of in, like, um, fantasy Scotland. Like, it's not actually Scotland, but, like, it's based off of it. And there's this island of Cadence, and there's two sides to the island. And the main character, Jack, is a bard, and he's, like, been off studying on the mainland, and he's called home because these girls have been going missing. And so the Laird's daughter believes... Actually, I'm not sure if he's called a laird The chieftain's daughter, whatever. She believes that he can use mu- his musical abilities to try and figure out where they've gone. So that's half of the story, and then the other half. The other two main characters are a married couple, Sidra and Torin. And Torin is the captain of the guard, and Sidra is a um, kind of like a healer. And they have a daughter, and that is you're also getting their story. Um, because they were originally just married so that Cedric could take care of Torrin's daughter after her birth mom died. And then we are seeing the romance. The romance between them is so good. That's part of the reason I liked it. Sidra and Torrin, mm, they need to confess their love to each other because I they think they're just... But anyways, I loved them. Um, and then I also just like... So basically why this one's so good is that I have recently struggled a lot with fantasy books. Beyond the, like, Finch and Harley Merlin series, which I have plenty of episodes that are weirdly popular, considering they are just, like, random indie books that are self-published, but beyond those, I've had a really, really hard time with fantasy in the past, like, year and a half, where I've read just a lot of either bad or mediocre fantasy books, which is really upsetting, because I love fantasy. That used to be my absolute favorite genre, and since in the past few years, it's kind of, I still love it. It's still one of my most read genres, but I just haven't been able to find as many books that I love. And for some reason, A River Enchanted just really did it for me. Part of it is probably that I really enjoyed kind of the Scottish backdrop. I loved, I think another thing is that all four of the main characters, I was really into. Like, I was really into Jack, and I'm forgetting his, the chieftain daughter, her name, I don't remember what her name was. Um, But I was really into her storyline, Cedron Torin. I was really, like, I just was, like, invested in all of them. And then it was also a nice twist because, like, the magic was different. And then also, like, the music magic was different. You don't see a lot of things like that. So I just found it interesting. And it was really good. And I cannot wait for the second book. So it's going to be a duology. And I keep searching every few months. I keep searching, like, what's the title going to be? When's it coming out? I haven't been able to find that information yet. But I cannot wait. Okay, question number two: Best sequel you've read so far this year, and that hands down has to go to *Homicide in Hollow Hollow* by Mia P. Manasala. So this is book two in a cozy mystery series called Tita's, *Tita Rosie's Kitchen*, and basically it follows Lila, who is Filipino, and her family has this Filipino restaurant. And in the first book, she's framed for murdering an ex-boyfriend. And in the second book, her cousin is framed for killing a judge in a beauty pageant. And so she goes along and she's trying to figure out who actually killed this judge so that her cousin doesn't go to jail. And um, she's also involved in the beauty pageant. She's one of the other judges. So she's like embroiled in all of it. And it was so good. I read Arsenic and Adobo, which is the first book. Last year, that has an episode that you can go listen to. um, I think probably in April of 2021, maybe May, I can't quite remember when I read it, but I enjoyed Arsenic and Adobo, I had a good time with it, it was one of my first cozy mysteries, and it was good. Homicide and Hollow Hollow blew my expectations out of the water. I thought I was, like, gonna vaguely enjoy it, I thought, okay, like, I had a good time with the first book, I'm sure the second book will also be enjoyable, like, you know, just kind of continuing with the series, not expecting that much, oh my gosh, it blew me away, I think it was actually shorter than the first one, but I thought it was better. I don't know. I think part of it is that Leela as a character is getting a lot of character development here in the second book. In the first book, I found her to be kind of selfish. In the second book, she's like dealing with a lot of trauma from what happened to her in the first book, not to go into it, but just so you know, there's like PTSD and things like that that she's dealing with. And then she's also figuring out kind of like relationships with both her family and romantic and friends and things like that. And I just felt like she was so much more relatable. And I was just like, I was very invested in her story. So this was definitely the best sequel I've read so far this year. Hands down, there's not really any other sequels I've read that even come close to this. Um, So yeah, that is definitely the winner for number two. Number three is new release you haven't read yet, but want to. So I'm going to go with Breaking Time by Sasha Alsberg. Um, I heard about this book on BookTube. It basically what ended up happening is I guess Sasha is a BookTuber or a former BookTuber. I don't know. I've never seen any of her videos. And she wrote this book. And so a lot of two of the BookTubers that I watched got sent free copies of it. And so that was like their ad basically for the video. But it sounds really good, and I bought it, and I'm so excited to read it. And so, basically, it is a time-traveling, also Scotland-themed thing. Basically, there's this girl, and I don't have the book in front of me. I didn't write it down, but basically, this girl is a pillar of time. She's the last one, and then this Scottish guy from the past time travels to find her, and then they have to, like, escape from some evil people. I don't know. It sounds really interesting to me. I know that's not a great description, but... I'm excited for it. Like I've talked about in the last few episodes, really into the Scottish stuff. I don't know why. Um, time travel. I haven't read a lot about it, but I'm intrigued. And is there going to be a romance? <laughs> we'll see. Number four is my most anticipated release for the second half of the year. I don't think this is going to be surprising based on how excited I was just about Homicide and Hollow Hollow, but that is going to be Blackmail and Bibinka. I'm sorry. I don't know how to say that. Bibinka, Bibinka. I'm not sure. Also by Mia P. Manasala, which is the third and I think final book in the Tita Rosa, Cheetah Rosie's Kitchen cozy mystery series. In this one, um, Leela's cousin, her Tita Rosie's son comes back after being missing, like not missing, but after having left the family for like a long time. And now he is framed for a crime. And because I just like the second one so much, I can't wait for the third one. It's coming out in October, which is a really quick turnaround considering Homicide and Hollow Hollow came out in April, I think. Maybe March. Maybe it was March. I don't know. But in the spring. So that's like a six-month turnaround, which is pretty quick considering there's a full year between the first and second books. But that is what I'm most excited for. Um, We're going to kind of see this later on in the episode. But I haven't been reading like in the like last year, I didn't read a lot of first books in a series or I I was reading series and deciding not to continue with them or they're being pushed back or they were completed. So unlike last year when I had a lot of books I was excited for that were coming out in the second half of the year, I don't have as many this year. I think next year we'll see that there's a lot of series books that I'm really excited for, but I don't have that many coming on the second half of the year. That's really the only one. So, number five is Biggest Disappointment. And I have a whole slew that I wrote down here. First, we're going to talk about really the worst book that I've read this year, which was The Magnolia Palace by Fiona Davis. It was just boring. It was a historical fiction, and it was, like, framed as, like, a mystery. Basically, this girl, um, Lily, who goes by her stage name Angelica, used to be, like, a model for sculptors back in, like, 1919, Her mom dies. She's getting older. So she's not getting these jobs. She ends up accidentally getting a job as a secretary for this like rich socialite. And she's also been like indicating a crime. So she's going by like a different name there. And then like this whole thing happens and something gets stolen and she's framed and blah, blah, blah. And then there's this whole second storyline 50 years in the future. And it was just boring. I didn't care. Maybe if you like art, this would be interesting. But this is like, this felt like the stereotype of historical fiction of it just being like boring and I don't care about it. And I actually do like historical fiction, but this one was just boring. I didn't care for the second storyline. I didn't care about any of the characters. I had DNF'd it at one point, but then picked it up just because I had two days before I was going on vacation I didn't want to start something new so I was like this is the perfect amount of time to finish it probably should have just left it as a DNF but oh I just thought of an even bigger disappointment okay so the other like really big disappointment that I had this year was um seven days in June by um I don't I can't remember who it's by I don't have it in front of me yet because I didn't write this down I had to dnf seven days in june not because it was bad but because there was so much triggering content that i was unaware of that was making me be mentally not okay like i was fine nothing bad happened or anything but like it was just it was just not what i needed i was not in the place where i could be reading that and it contains content that like i don't think i'll ever really be able to read about So, I had to DNF it, and that's so upsetting because that was the book that I was, like, most excited about. That was the new release I hadn't read yet that I had in last year's Mid-Year Freakout Tag. Like, it sounded so good, but I, unfortunately, was not able to finish it. I got about 100, 120 pages in, and um, it just, the stuff just hit, and I could not... I had to put it down for my own sanity. So that was a huge disappointment. And I'm not like, basically, I'm not saying that's a bad book. It's just a book that I personally could not read. And so just look up those trigger warnings if that is something that you are concerned about. Um, Some other like quick hit disappointments. No, you know what? We're just going to leave it with that. We're going to leave disappointments there because we don't want to get too negative, too down in the dumps. So let's move on to number six, which was biggest surprise. So I've already talked about Homicide and Hollow was probably my biggest surprise, just because of how much I loved it. And then, um, but I also for like something else to talk about, I want to talk about Along for the Ride by Sarah Dessen. So I have read Along for the Ride. I mean, at this point, probably four times at least. And the on um, not so I read Along for the Ride back in April May May. I think, May. I don't know, back in the spring, right before the Netflix adaptation came out because I wanted to get myself ready to enjoy it. And Along for the Ride used to be one of my absolutely all-time favorite Saradesan books. And then about like four-ish years ago, maybe a bit longer, I did a reread of it and it did not hit. I was not enjoying it like I used to. So it kind of took a, took a tumble down my Saradesan faves ranking. And but I was like, I still liked it. I was like, okay, I'm going to read it and it'll be good. But that's kind of it. And then I'll be ready to watch the movie. No, I don't know what happened. But on this reread, it it shot itself back up there. It like did exactly what it was doing for me on the first and second time around reading it. I don't know why it didn't hit for me five or so years ago, but it was just a surprise because I wasn't anticipating to like it as much as I did. Based on what had happened in my previous reread of it. So I don't know. Rereading is kind of interesting because things that you really liked, you can like less or you can like things more and they can change. And I think that it has to do kind of with how your reading taste changes, what sort of mental state, emotional state you're in, your like age, your maturity, things like that. So that was just a big surprise. And that was a happy surprise, which is great. Okay, number seven is favorite new author so I have two things that I'm going to say so first of all there's two people that I'm going to name first of all I want to say that like there's only been a few authors that I've already read multiple books from this year and some of them were like one of them was rereading so you can't that can't be a new favorite one of them was Nicholas Sparks books which I th- thought about talking about in biggest disappointment I wasn't really anticipating loving them but They were just fine. So, you know, I'll talk about them more in the books that made me cry section. But so basically, these two authors that I'm going to name, I've only read one book from ever. But I'm going to name them because they were two of my favorite books that I've read this year. So first is Rebecca Ross, who wrote A River Enchanted. I already talked about how much I loved that book earlier, and I'm gonna talk more about it later. So I'm gonna leave her there. And then the second is Catherine Center. So I wasn't really planning on talking about Catherine Center in this episode because next week's episode is going to be on The Bodyguard by Catherine Center, which was my all-time favorite romance novel that I've read so far this year. So basically, I would have also talked about that book in my best books I've read so far this year. But instead, you're going to get all of that information next week. So just wait a week and you can hear all about it. But basically, Catherine Centers the Bodyguard was my July book of the month pick. And it is about a female bodyguard who has to guard this male um, actor because he's got a corgi breeding stalker after him when he goes home because his mom is sick and she has to pose as his fake girlfriend or as his girlfriend. But they're fake dating and it was so good. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about it later. But that book was just amazing. I have seen Catherine Center books around before, but I've never read one. And it was just so good that I absolutely have to read more from her. And I might actually read some some of her older works later this year. So those two are my new favorite authors. Um, Instant Buy, like I'm really excited for their future works and some of their past stuff. Number eight is Newest Fictional Crush. So I feel as I get older... Mm, maybe that's not even true. I don't know. I think what's hard is that the romance that I've read this year, there's been, like, one absolute standout, The Bodyguard. There was one that I really liked a lot, but, like, I wouldn't want to date the main guy in it. And then some mediocre romance novels. So, typically, when I'm, like, oh, my new fictional crush, we got, like, the romance novel guys... Or if I start, like, a new fantasy series, somebody in there maybe I'm into. But, like, I haven't necessarily had that kind of going on. But I'm going to say Torin from A River Enchanted. And I... Um, I don't know what to say. He was just attractive to me. I like how seriously he takes his duty. But also, sir, you need to wise up about your wife, okay? But, like... Anyway, so he would be one. And then this one is not really a fictional crush, but I was like, I don't know what to talk about here. So I think I'll talk about it. So I also read the the Inheritance Games and then the Hawthorne Legacy in um, May, April. I don't know, the spring. See, I don't know because I wasn't on the podcast. But I read the Inheritance Games and its sequel in the spring. I guess I'm also excited for um, the third one to come out. I don't know when that comes out, but I'll be reading it. Um, I I've, I enjoyed the Inheritance games a lot. The Hawthorne legacy was okay. It was like better than I thought it was going to be based on kind of the reviews I had seen online, but um, not like amazing like the first one. But I, I'm not going to say, I'm not like a stan like other people are, but the reason I'm bringing this up is because basically in the Inheritance games, there's a love triangle between the main character, Avery, and then two of the four brothers, Jameson, who's like young the younger brother of the two who's still in high school with her and he is kind of like devil may care rebel boy I guess and then Grayson who is like just out of high school who wears suits and is very like proper and stern and strict and what I don't know you know how it is anyway so like Basically, because I don't have episodes on these, I wasn't able to, like, really talk about it, but I think that Avery should be with Jameson, because out of the two, his personality just, like, makes more sense with her. The two of them, like, how they are taking the, the games and things like that, and then how they, you can just kind of, like, for me, I'm feeling the chemistry between the two of them more than I'm feeling it between um her and Grayson. I mean, like, at the end of the second book, she ends up with one of the brothers. I'm not going to say here because I promise no spoilers. But there's still one more book, so you don't actually know if at the end there's going to be a reverse switcheroo sort of thing. Because I feel like that happens when there's love triangles and it's, like, more than one book at the end. It's like you they start off with one and then they end up with the other. So we'll see what happens. But all of that is to say is that as I was reading it, I was like, yeah, Avery, get with Jameson. But at the same time, I was like, but I don't want to date Jameson. Like, if I was going to date one of the two, I would want to date Grayson because I don't like the rebellious devil-may-care boys because they don't care about you. Let's just put it They don't care about you. They might say they do, but then they're going to go off and do their other things. They're selfish. They're players. I don't like them. Instead, I like the strict, duty-driven men. I... I just want them to actually, like, care and take care of me instead of, like, oh, sorry, babe. I got to go do this other thing. Like, whatever. So, I don't know. But I don't actually have a crush on, a fictional crush on Grayson. But if I was going to date somebody between him and Jameson, it would be him. Okay. Number nine is newest favorite character. So, I actually loved Cedra from A River Enchanted. I just was, like, really into her storyline. I enjoyed kind of this idea of, like, I liked the, like, romantic tension between her and Torin. and then I liked the relationship she had with Torin's daughter, whose name is escaping me. I want to call her Maisie, but I actually don't think that's right. And then, like, her, like, healing and spiritual, like, beliefs compared to everybody else, they were very interesting. But I already talked a lot about A River Enchanted, so instead... I'm going to talk about Lucy from The Hating Game. So I read The Hating Game back in March, and I did enjoy it. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about it in the next question. But um, just for sake of talking about somebody else, not from a book that I've already mentioned, I'm going with Lucy. Uh, The Hating Game is a romance novel. It is enemies to lovers, office, workplace, Lucy, and Joshua? Josh? Yeah. Joshua, Josh, um, they are both executive assistants for the two, like, co-CEOs of this book publishing company, and then they are competing for the same job, and, you know, romance ensues between the two of them, and so this is kind of going back to the crush thing, like, Josh, like, I would, like, I ended up liking the two of them together, and I was rooting for it, but, like, sir, he needed some, like, therapy, okay, and there's nothing wrong with needing therapy, but, like, Maybe don't date somebody before they get that needed therapy and work through their issues and give you good apologies. But Lucy was really fun. She was quirky. And so like not everybody likes a quirky female lead in a romance novel or just in general. But I do like it as long as I don't read too many in a row. And so I had a fun time with Lucy. She was making me laugh. She was making me feel. And so I'm giving her the newest favorite character award there. Number 10 is books that made you cry. So on the topic of The Hating Game, I did not cry. I did not cry while reading The Hating Game. However, I do need to say that I got real emotional. I got real emo. I was on the plane flying home from my vacation reading the first half and that first half hit so hard. I was like, you can't cry on the plane even though you're feeling this. You're feeling it, but you're in public. So you better suck it up and be fine. And then I did. So I didn't cry when I read The Hidden Game, but I did feel very emotional. So just wanted to give it a shout out there. Also, I did in fact cry while reading The Bodyguard by Catherine Center, which is funny because I will also be talking about it for books that made you happy, which is the next question. But there was just, I'm not going to spoil it. I'll talk more about like me crying in the next episode, but there was just a section in the middle and I was crying. I cried for like 10 pages, like Mm, it just hit me. It was so good. And then finally, I'm going to talk about Nicholas Sparks. So I mentioned him briefly in this episode, like earlier, but basically this year I've read three Nicholas Sparks books. I was talking with my roommate and she was like shocked I'd never read one before. So she brought me some of hers from home. And so I read A Walk to Remember, Dear John, and The Choice. I did not cry during The Choice, even though that was my favorite of the three, but I did cry during A Walk to Remember, and Dear John, in A Walk to Remember, I cried, like, at the end. Basically, A Walk to Remember, the plot is there's this guy. He ends up, like, sort of begrudgingly but not becoming friends with this, like, really religious girl. It turns out that she has cancer, but then they, like, fall in love, so you can kind of guess why you might cry at that, And then Dear John is about this guy, John, who starts dating this girl, Savannah, but then he's in the army. So he's, like, enlisted and it's during, like, right around, like, 9-11. So then it's kind of, like, what's going on with them. But I cried more over his relationship with his dad and kind of what was happening um, with the two of them at the end of the book, not about the relationship. I didn't actually care about it. And so, like, basically what this is to say is that, yes, I did cry while reading two Nicholas Sparks books. However, will I read more Nicholas Sparks? No, I will not. I, they did not blow me away. They were fine. I think if I read them when I was younger, maybe they would do more. But they did get me. Two of them did get me in the tears. Okay, we're almost done here. Just three more questions. Number 11 is books that made you happy. So I, ju- I mentioned earlier that The Bodyguard made me happy. I'm going to talk so much more about it. But like just to say here... This was probably the happiest I was as I was reading a book. Like, it was just so, I had a smile on my face, except for those 10 pages where I was crying. And I just enjoyed it so much. Like, I was so excited to pick it up every day that I read it. Next, I'm going to talk about, well, okay, we'll also say The Inheritance Games. When I read that, I was just having a good time. Like, I feel like a lot of people have said that. But, like, you're just, it's kind of a crazy thing and you're just along for the ride and it's fun. But then finally, I want to talk about the dragon slippers series by Jessica Day George. So this is a middle grade series. And the first one is about this girl who's trying to go to the city to be a seamstress, but she ends up befronting some dragons before she gets to the city. And then um, some craziness ensues. That's like the very brief description. This is a series that I've read so many times. It's one of my all time faves for like middle grade and for when I was younger, like Do I think it's, like, amazing compared to some of the other stuff I've read? No. Do I still love it anyways? Yes. Why do I love it? Because I wanted to be a fashion designer for years. And she is basically a fashion designer making ball gowns. Who doesn't want to design ball gowns? Seriously. A dream. And these books just make me happy. They bring me back to the simpler time of my childhood. And um, she falls in love with the second son of a king. So the younger prince and there's dragons, and there's fashion, and it's literally everything you could ever want, and I love it so much, and it made me really happy to reread it. Number 12 is most beautiful book that you have bought or received this year, so let's see what some options are. So A River Enchanted is really gorgeous, but I've talked about that a lot. I also wrote down Breaking Time, which is the book I'm excited to read that came out earlier this year. And then also I wrote Winter's Orbit by Everina Maxwell, which I read back in, I think, February. And I've got an episode about that. It is a sci-fi space opera where it's like set in space. And these two guys, there's a prince and then like an ambassador from another planet. And they have an arranged marriage. But um, is someone trying to kill them? What's going on? And so that was fun. The cover is really pretty. It's kind of like has both of their heads as, like, an outline and then you're seeing, like, space. I'm not really explaining it well, but you can go check out my Instagram at I Read a Book Once blog to get a better idea. And so it's very pretty and so I'm just going to put that there. And then finally, number 13, books you need to read by the end of the year. So I already kind of addressed this earlier in the, like, um, new release I'm excited for section, I think. There's not a lot that I need to read by the end of the year because I don't have books in a series that are, like, coming out in the second half of the year, really. Well Traveled by Jen DeLuca is coming out sometime... I wonder when it is come. I know it's coming out, I don't know what month, or if it's even in 2022, it might be January 2023, I don't know, but I've read all the other books in that series, they all have episodes, go ahead and give them a listen, but I'm not, I think I'll probably read it, but I don't absolutely need to, mostly because, like, the characters it's following this time around, I'm not as emotionally invested in but I do want to read Breaking Time, which I've talked about. I also have Kingdom of the Wicked by Carrie Maniscalco, which I've been really wanting to read for, like, over a year now, and I finally got a copy of it. It's a young adult fantasy, and there's this girl and her sister is murdered, I think, so she enlists, I don't know, like a a Morley Gray character, to help her. She's a witch, maybe, I think, and he might be, like, a devil prince. I don't know. The two of them, like, kind of try and figure out who murdered her sister, but I've just heard good things about it, so I'm kind of excited, and then, obviously, I really want to read Blackmail and Bibinka, not sure how to say that, by Mia P. Manasala, which I talked about earlier in the episode. So, that's everything for the uh, Mid-Year Freakout Tag, I think. If I missed any questions, let me know. I just kind of went off of what I had from last year because I did not look it up, although I did watch many a Mid-Year Freakout Tag video in the past two months. Um, like I've been saying, the next week's episode is going to be on The Bodyguard by Katherine Center. I loved it, loved it, loved it. It is my favorite romance novel I've read so far this year, so definitely stick around next week and listen to it. It's going to be a good time. Also, while you're here, please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever that you listen to podcasts from. It would mean so much to me, and it would also help other people find my podcast. Also, please follow me on Instagram at I Read a Book Once blog. I hate posting on Instagram, so if you guys follow me and engage, it will give me the strength to take photos and post and use hashtags literally my least favorite part of the podcast but while you're there you could also dm me if you want to talk about this book well normally say this book this episode or this podcast but i talked about a lot of books so i guess this episode or this podcast feel free to do that or you can email me at i read a book once blog at gmail.com I actually got a very lovely email from a woman named Karen. Um, I just saw it, even though she sent it to me almost a month ago, about my Spinning Silver episode, which is a fantasy book by Naomi Novik. And it, I read it um, th- my second time around. I read it, I think, in January, February. And oh, it was even better the second time around. I didn't talk about it in this episode just because I try not to say a book that I've read previously as the best book I've read so far this year. But oh my god, it's so, so good. So, I had a nice little email interaction with her. So, thank you so much Karen for sending me that email if you're listening still. So, yeah, you can also send me emails and I will respond to them and we can chat. And it would make me so happy. That totally made my day. And if you review my podcast, I'll shout you out as well. So, with that, my name is Emma. This is I Read a Book Once and I'll catch you guys next time. (laughs)